0: Welcome back to the Middle-Aged Metalcast. I am Peter, your Middle-Aged Metalhead, and today we're going to talk about death metal albums from 2022. Now, this is something that kind of surprised me this year. I've been a fan of death metal for a number of years and really started to get into them probably in the early 2000s when everyone was kind of going crazy about Opeth's Blackwater Park. It wasn't an immediate love, though, and it definitely took some time. Opeth was sort of a good gateway band because of the progressive, sort of varied nature of their approach to death metal. But over the last few years, death metal has definitely become something that I do enjoy more than I used to. However, I don't think that I would rank death metal In my top five favorite subgenres of metal, it's close, but I really don't think it makes that top five cut. So what was interesting for me this year, when I was putting together the list of albums that hit me the hardest in 2022, 10 out of 25 albums that I selected were somehow related to death metal. Some of them are just straight up death metal albums and others are a little more tangentially related, but they all have enough to do with the death metal subgenre that I felt it warranted keeping them together. So today we've got something a little bit longer to go over because there's 10 albums and I thought that these were 10 really damn good albums. So let's jump right in. The first album I wanted to mention and bring up is the album, The Eternal Return by Krim. Now Krim's going to make a second appearance on this list just a little bit later, but let's talk about his solo outing that came out in 2022. Uh, Krim is a drummer, and he, he just seems to get me. He's an excellent drummer playing with bands such as Decapitated and is now the current drummer for Septic Flesh, who are also on this list. But his solo project really seems to be where he gets to stretch his legs a bit and make music that is outside of what would fall into the purview of those other bands that he plays in. So what kind of music does he make? It's definitely rooted in death metal, hence its inclusion on this list, but it feels a lot more exploratory, a lot more varied in its scope and its style. These are songs that have a lot more feeling, a lot more moods than one would usually get from what you think of when you think of standard death metal. I think that's what grabs me. These are melodic, interesting, varied compositions that still have these roots in extreme music. And I don't know if it's just where I am in life, if it's the way the last few years have been rough, but boy, oh boy, extreme music really seems to be catching my ear a lot more than it used to. This might not be for everyone, but for me, Crim and The Eternal Return really hit that sweet spot of being heavy, but still melodic and interesting in a way that clicks with me. Our second album to discuss today is the uh, second album from a band named Convent. And that's Convent with a K. The album is Call Down the Sun. There will be no peace. Convent was a late addition to this list. This album dropped in, I think it was late November, and so really did not have much time to make its presence known. However, make its presence known, it did. I have angrymetalguy.com to thank for this banger. This is very much Death Doom. It still leans to me though, a little more on the death side than the doom side. Death Doom is a jam. And i am totally here for death doom i hit play and holy fucking shit i mean seriously holy shit this all-female band simply crushes the vocals are deep punishing guttural growls the guitar is heavy distorted and soaked in a fuzz that just feels filthy, grimy, and grotesque in the very best way. There is an anger here, a pain, a torment that these women are exercising through this music. The songs stay nice and mostly slow enough to still earn the doom part of the Death Doom moniker, but it is so heavy. In some ways, it harkens back to the crushing heaviness of fellow Danes LLNN, who had what I thought was the heaviest album of 2021. For 2022, Convent is making a run for that title. This is heavy, extreme, punishing, and unapologetically focused, in death, doom metal. I am totally here for this. The next album to discuss is unseen and unfound by the duo Wraithstorm. Wraithstorm came out of nowhere and placed a vice grip hold on me. This is a two-person project, exploring both musically and lyrically the realities of what is it like to be on the outside. I think that this is a very personal theme for both members of the group, but the concept of not belonging is so universal, something that I would imagine almost if not every person goes through at some point in their lives. That this exploration of not being seen, of not being truly understood, of not being part of the group hits really hard and connects in a way, both again lyrically and musically, that make this an intensely, intensely cathartic album. Unseen and Unfound most definitely fits in the Funeral Doom category. So why am I talking about it on the death metal list? Well, in my opinion, Funeral Doom is really just Death Doom taken to its apotheosis. This is as slow, as heavy, as punishing as Death Doom can get. And so yes, Wraithstorm makes it here on this death list because this album is heavy as fuck. Also, I get a thrill out of telling people that there is no electric guitar on this album. That heavy, fuzzy tone? Well, that's the bass guitar from guitarist Alicia Cordisco. She has it tuned in such a way that it is pummeling. This is a single song, and it needs to be listened to from start to finish. That sounds like an investment, but look, it's only like 37 minutes. If you don't have 37 minutes to devote to good music, well, that sounds like a you problem. As I listened to this song from start to finish over and over again, I ended up coming back to it more times than I would have ever anticipated. It is a triumph of dark, brooding, heavy music. Well, I mentioned we were going to get Krim on this list twice, and now it's time for his second band, and that is Septic Flesh with their album Modern Primitive. (laughs) Ah, Septic Flesh, you crazy Greek. I entered the festering fold of septic flesh fans in 2014 with their release of Titan and went back and partook of the communion of the Great Mass. Okay, okay, fine. I'll stop with using album titles as metaphors. But seriously, at the time Titan came out, being able to go back and listen to the Great Mass and the communion and discovering this band who had in some ways rediscovered themselves and reinvented themselves was astonishing. Here we had death metal, but it was death metal that is so intimately tied to the symphonic aspects. The symphonic part of this was not an afterthought. It was written as part of the music. It is not an adjunct. And composer and guitarist uh, who, who writes most of the music, he has a degree in music composition. He knows his shit and he brings that all to bear Here, not just in the writing, but in the writing and the recording of these songs with, I believe it's the Prague Philharmonic Orchestra. Modern Primitive, their most recent album, carries on the tradition of this renaissance of septic flesh, blending death metal with symphonic music. The brush that they paint with creates a picture that I am a huge fan of. It is dark, it is menacing, and the symphonic elements actually make the music all that much darker and heavier. Now, Modern Primitive isn't my favorite Septic Flesh album, but it is a damn good one. There are only a handful of bands doing symphonic death metal with this degree of skill, in my opinion, and Septic Flesh are my favorite of this small bunch. Plus, look, I work in the operating room. I'm a surgeon, and every once in a while, surgeons have to remove, well, Septic Flesh. So what do you think we listen to when we've got to do that? Better believe it's septic flesh. The next album to discuss is Divine Counsel from the band Psychroptic. hear of bands, and then you hear bands. Psychroptic was one of those bands I had heard of, but had never heard. On a whim, I was exploring the recent releases in Apple Music when I saw that this latest album from these Aussie tech deathers had dropped. Given the low barrier of entry with streaming music, I went ahead and hit play. About 40 minutes as the album was wrapping up, I realized I had sat in my chair, almost entranced, as this album took me on a technical journey. I was swept away. Now, look, these guys aren't art spire, but honestly, not really anyone is, in my opinion. But this was technical, intricate, speedy death metal. Some days, I just want that. But at the same time, with this tech death, there was this groove and kind of a swagger to some of the songs with moments of of powerful riffs, not just played fast, but played with, again, feeling that really gripped me and wouldn't let go. Of course, I had to go back and check out previous albums. Anyone who's had this experience knows there are few musical experiences more enjoyable than discovering a band with a rich back catalog. And such it was with Cycroptic. While they're far from the heaviest band on this list, it still was this marriage of groove with the tech death that kept me coming back time and again and landed these guys firmly on this list. The next album is Liminal Right by the band Kardashev. Right from the get-go, I'm going to tell you, liminal right is no The Bearing of Shadows. I don't know that it ever could be. That EP, The Bearing of Shadows, which was my introduction to Kardashev, perfectly encapsulated this band. They're often referring to themselves as death gaze. There's unmistakable death metal here, but there is enough atmosphere and plenty of sort of elegiac vocals and chill moments to really let them adopt the gaze as part of their appellation. Still, Liminal Rite is doing a lot more than its predecessor, The Bearing of Shadows. While that was just a four-song EP, this is a full album, and not only an album, it's a concept album. It tells a story of loss and of tragedy, and the music has to take the listener on that journey, and it does so in every way. This is heavy. There are punishing passages that are closely juxtaposed to these calm moments. The lead vocalist, Mark, has one of the best voices in metal. His cleans are soaring, beautiful, and can be truly heart-wrenching, and his growls come straight from his nethers, paired next to screams and shrieks that would terrify a banshee. Liminal Wright asks quite a bit of the listener. It is a long album with long songs and a lot going on, but it is very much worth the effort from the listener. It doesn't hit as immediately as The Bearing of Shadows, but it has many more layers to be peeled back and exposed. This is a band that is getting more and more confident and really becoming a force in the metal world. And we can see that with this album. The next album I wanted to bring up surprised me. This is the band Grand Harvest and their debut album, Consumatum Est. the beautiful things about death metal, for me at least, is its ability to just reach inside you, grab hold of something vital, and shake you around a little bit. Consumatum Est by these Swedes swooped out of nowhere and did just that. It grabbed hold of me and throttled its way right onto this list. There are some elements of death doom on play here again, but for me, the death elements are definitely at the forefront. This isn't ultra-fast, technical death metal. This is no arch spire. It's not psychroptic. It's not progressive. It's mostly in that mid-tempo range, allowing the rhythm section to really settle in, get in a groove, and then start pummeling the listener. Still, they also take the time to establish and build some atmosphere on a number of the tracks as well. This isn't avant-garde music, but it is far from one-dimensional the guitars have a serious grit to them, making it sound a little grungy and dirty, again eschewing the ultra-pristine sound that some death metal has embraced. And while I can enjoy that ultra-pristine, polished sound where you can hear every single note and every string being played, sometimes you want this gritty, grimy death metal that just makes you feel like you need to take a shower afterwards. This... Just what the doctor ordered. Given this is this band's first full studio album, they did have a live album that interestingly they released before this. I am really excited to see what comes next for these guys. Well, now we're getting down to the top three. And at number eight, we have Acts of God from Immolation. <laughs> I don't know what it was about this past year, but one of the themes seemed to be me finally pulling my head out of wherever it was and checking out some legendary bands. And in the death metal realm, immolation are legendary with a capital L. Again, I had heard of them, but never heard them. Well, I was in a hotel with my son, who was at a swim meet. And we were in between, uh, in between uh, the meet, and I had some downtime, and I needed to go work out. And I didn't want to. And I needed something to help me want to work out. And so I looked, and there was a new album from Immolation. What the heck? Why not? Instantly, I realized I had been sleeping on these guys. This is music that is heavy, brutal, driving, and dissonant. So many things all at once in this uncompromising passage of just pure embodiment of death metal. I had to go back again and check out their entire oeuvre, and it was a rich journey. One of the things that I want when I listen to death metal is sonic destruction. While many of the bands on this list use aspects of death metal to tell their story or texture what they're trying to do, Immolation comes in and reminds us of the simple fact that death metal destroys. Fuck yeah, it does. Number nine, Hath, All That Was Promised. Kath and I go way back. Okay, we can't really go that far back because they haven't been around very long. But when I think about the fact that All That Was Promised is only the second full-length album from this band, for some reason, they just seem so firmly entrenched in my musical psyche that it is crazy to me to think that I've only been listening to them since 2019. And it is shocking that All That Was Promised is only their sophomore LP. It is shocking because of how freaking good this album is. From their first EP, Hive, to then their LP debut of Rot and Ruin, Hath continues to grow and mature, and all that was promised is almost prophetic in its title, as this album feels like a culmination of the ideas and sounds that this New Jersey band were developing on previous albums. This is the fulfillment of that early promise. This is nasty, brutal, black and death metal of the finest variety. The riffs are massive, blast beats abound, and tremolos soar in from every which way. Still, the maturity comes to play with the in-between moments. Not every song is face scorching from start to finish and becomes stronger because of that fact. There are quiet, thoughtful moments that build to stunning crescendos, interesting harmonies juxtaposed with nauseating dissonance. All of this plays together to create an album that is intensely interesting, never gets boring, and pushes Hath to the forefront of black and death metal. Our final album to talk about today doesn't surprise me that it made this list, but it surprised me with just how good this was. And that is the album *Damnum* from Allegiant. I have been a firm believer in the Allegiant School of Metal for about six years now. I've seen them live on multiple occasions and have had the pleasure of interacting with some members of the band who genuinely come across as super cool dudes. So going into Damnan, it is accurate to say that I was already a fan. At the same time, the previous Allegiant album, Apoptosis, is definitely my least listened to of all of their albums. So it wasn't a given that I was going to love Damnum, But Hot Damn, I did, and still do. In sort of a similar ways to the album from Hath, this really feels like a culmination of everything Allegiant have been building towards over the last decade or so. This is unmistakably death metal, but with technical elements and progressive elements mixed in. The vocals on this album are the most diverse in Allegiant's catalog with excellent cleans, with shrieks and brutal low gutturals. The guitars are very polished and pristine in sound, but they lose none of their weight or power. And the classical guitar moments and passages persist. And in some situations in this, really seem to have even more emphasis than they previously did. But where Damnam really shines is in its maturity. All previous Allegiant albums were somewhat centered in science, and this was sort of a conceit of the band that they admitted to. This is the first album that eschews that lyrical theme, and it feels far more personal in nature. Many of the songs have weight and impact that could not have had, had they not been based on personal, painful experiences that members of the band went through. There's no question that this is my favorite Allegiant album. And it is the strength of songs like To Carry My Grief Through Torpor and Silence and Called Home that make this album a home run for me. And the main riff of Vermin, that right there, is for me, riff of the year. I cannot help but bang my head like a maniac when it kicks in. So there you've got it. Ten albums that are either death metal or somehow death metal adjacent that really stood out to me this past year. As I mentioned at the start, it was surprising to me what a showing death metal had on this list of albums because I wouldn't traditionally think of it as one of my favorite subgenres. But this year, for whatever reason, these albums really connected with me. They were powerful, they were interesting, and they keep me coming back. Because some days, again, you just need to snap your neck. And these are songs and albums that will absolutely get some neck snapping. So until next time, I'm your middle-aged metalhead. And just go listen to some fucking death metal.